Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex and it is July 18th, 2022, and we are going to start the show with, surprise, some good news. Why are we starting off the show with good news this morning? Well, it's because the stock market is our friend, something that we have not been able to say for some time now. But looking around the world, stocks are up today in Asia. They are up today in Europe, and they are set to rise in the U.S. when markets open. When was the last time we said that? This is a nice change of pace from the last couple of weeks. That said, do not think that the markets are sorted out. We do have a lot of earnings this week, including numbers from Netflix and Tesla and Twitter and Snap and IBM and Qualtrics. There's a lot in there. Consumer spending from Netflix, uh, EVs and supply chain from Tesla, social media and the strength of the advertising market from Twitter and Snap. And of course, what's going on in enterprise software from IBM and Qualtrics. And that's just this week. Turning the page to next week, we're going to hear from Meta and Microsoft and Alphabet and Apple and Amazon, companies you might have heard of. And then the week after that, we're going to hear from Robinhood, DoorDash, and other recent IPOs. In other words, the data is coming, so get excited. We're going to learn so much. There's going to be so much to write about. It's going to be fascinating and will tell us about the state of the economy in which startups currently operate. Now, over in the world of crypto, the good news bus keeps rolling. There has been a bit of a rebound in the value of major cryptos in the last week, including Bitcoin, all the way back up to $22,000 per coin. ETH has done even more. It's now back to nearly $1,500 per coin. And then, actually, if you look at the top four cryptos by value, the next two are stable coins tied to the U.S. dollar, which does mean that even in the world of blockchain, the dollar still reigns supreme. Anywho, uh, from a very high perspective, the total value of all cryptocurrencies is back over the $1 trillion mark. Now that's down from about $3 trillion earlier on, but a nice round number for your morning. Looking elsewhere in crypto land, uh, let's see, NFT volume still muted. And that does kind of tell us that the bounce in the value of certain major cryptos does not directly translate instantaneously to more NFT volume, which means that the interest in JPEGs is not tied to the price of Bitcoin. Who knew? If you listen to a lot of equity, and I know we put out a lot of shows last week, you may have heard us talking to Brian Heater over the weekend. Brian Heater is a longtime tech cruncher. He's our hardware editor, and he's also putting on a robotics-themed event on July 21st. It's online. It's free. Um, I'm going. You should come hang out. I'm going to learn a lot. It's going to be cool. Anyways, we talked about robots, and they were on my mind this morning, so I was very happy to see a new round from a very cool robotics company that I want to talk about. And I'm going to go ahead and quote from Rita Liao's story here for TechCrunch more or less because she has all the details, but let's talk about it. Sirius Robotics, a Chinese startup that makes autonomous robots for warehouses, just secured 50 million yuan, or about $7.4 million, in a Series B funding round extension, bringing its total capital raised to about 40 million USD. Now, the four-year-old company specializes in what's called automated mobile robots, or AMRs. That's in contrast to some of its competitors, which are building automated guided vehicles, or AGVs. In essence, AMRs are robots that can plan routes and react to circumstances in real time, and are considered to be more advanced than AGVs, which follow predetermined paths. Now, this latest funding round is exclusively backed by Harvest Capital, a Chinese investment firm focused on, and this kind of matters, technologies applied to traditional industries like, for example, warehouses. Sirius raised capital in dollars, $20 million worth of it, back in its Series B tranche 1, which was in August, which was led by TikTok parent ByteDance. The startup is also funded by Sequoia Capital China, a fund we talked about on the show rather recently. 
Now, China's warehouse robots have become investors' darlings in the past couple of years, during which the COVID-19 pandemic and its control measures have stranded millions of workers. Shenzhen-based High Robotics, for example, which makes casing handling robots, announced a $200 million round back in September. So we're seeing activity in the space, both large and small. And I think this kind of underscores that e-commerce is enormous, which means huge demand for warehouses and robotics, even if growth in online shopping is slowing in this kind of quasi almost nearly post-pandemic world that we live in. Anyways, e-commerce, a key driver for robotics and therefore a good space to keep on your radar if you're looking to track the market. Now, hearkening back to the Saturday show with Brian Heater, I still think that we're going to need some form of generalized AI and sorted out self-driving tech to get robots really good, at least in the consumer sense. But certainly today in the warehouse, they're already doing the work. So here we are on a podcast, and I know it's a little bit meta to talk about the medium that we are currently experiencing, but isn't it interesting that podcast deals have slowed? Do you remember about a year ago, it seems like, when Spotify was buying what felt like every single podcast company out there, and then they redesigned their apps to show you podcasts that you didn't want to help make their internal numbers make a bit more sense after spending all that money? Anyways, it turns out podcast deals are still happening, and it's still European companies doing the buying. Just this time, it's not Spotify. TechCrunch reports. Acast, the Swedish tech company that helps businesses and individuals publish and monetize podcasts, has announced plans to acquire podcast database Podchaser. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, which means that it probably wasn't very big. Anyways, founded out of Stockholm in 2014, Acast is a prominent brand in the podcast technology space, serving as the host and distribution platform that allows outlets, including The Guardian and The Economist, you may have heard of them, to publish their podcasts to pretty much any app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And this really matters here. Acast also allows podcasters to dynamically insert ads into their shows, which I'm sure we all love. The company has raised some $126 million during its life over about eight years, give or take, and has bought other companies, including Radio Public, which it snapped up last year. Now, Podchaser, for its part, was founded in Oklahoma back in 2016. I love that. And closed a $4 million Series A round last year. What is it? Well, Podchaser is like an IMDb for podcasts, if you will, allowing users to search for everything and anything to do with shows, including reading and posting reviews and filtering by category. So we saw a lot of deals. Spotify did all the buying. Then that seemed to stop. Now we're seeing a deal again, still a European company, not Spotify, American podcast acquisition target. But I'm just kind of surprised there's not more going on. Why? It's because the podcast medium is super, super popular. I was having brunch recently with some friends and we were talking about what we listen to. And, you know, I'm a music majority person, but everyone else at the table was just raving about how much they love podcasts. And yet the industry doesn't really seem to have matured to where we thought it was going to. Ad revenue is up, sure, subscriptions kind of there, some deals, but it just feels a little bit lackluster. I wonder if Spotify hitched its wagon to the wrong donkey. Time is a flat circle, coming back to the same point in every circular turn of the wheel. And here we are again with India and crypto, the story that will never go away. India cannot make up its mind about crypto, gyrating between new taxes on the blockchain market to flirting to say no to it altogether. Now, from early this morning on TechCrunch.com, India's central bank wants to ban cryptocurrencies, the government told Parliament on Monday, raising more uncertainty about the future of the nascent virtual digital asset in the world's second largest internet market. Now, what's going on? Well, the Minister of Finance in India said Monday that the Reserve Bank of India has expressed concerns about the destabilizing effect of cryptocurrencies on the monetary and fiscal stability of a country and has called for legislation. Essentially, the Reserve Bank of India is of the view, the minister said, that cryptocurrencies should be prohibited. 
Given that China's crypto market has already been largely decimated, losing India would put another huge chunk of the world apart from the blockchain ecosystem. And while we're sure that this is good for Bitcoin somehow, it's not good for crypto investors in the country and really anyone who has exposure to anything crypto related in India, which is a lot of folks from a lot of different vectors. Now, this is not the final twist in the story. We will, I am sure, talk about it again, but the news does seem to tilt relatively negative when it does come to crypto in India. So we need something to break that particular fever if we're gonna turn this around. Something brief here, but can anyone actually make online grocery delivery work? Tencent-backed Miss Fresh went public back in 2021, priced at $13 per share. It's now trading, last time I checked, at 37 cents per share. So what went wrong? Well, this is not just the story of another Chinese IPO in the States effectively going to zero, though, like with every entry in that particular saga, there are lawsuits aplenty afoot. I bring all this up because Miss Fresh recently announced a strategic investment from Shangxi Duanghe, a conglomerate worth about 200 million yuan or about $30 million. That's a Series A for a public company. That's not good. It's a small deal, but I think the wreckage that Miss Fresh has left behind does mean that there is some litter in the market ahead of Instacart's own debut that will have to either clear up or talk its way past if it wants to capture investor demand for its own equity. And we're going to close out today with a look at Modsy. TechCrunch reports that in late June, Modsy, an online interior design services startup, abruptly ceased offering design services, laid off its designers, and left customers with unfinished renovations and project orders in process. So what's going on? Well, the company did return some service order charges and promised to refund furniture deliveries to those customers who completed a form. However, a couple weeks later, tweets show that many Modsy customers are still waiting for updates. And unfortunately for them, Modsy has made it tougher to get in touch. So while the company's website remains operational, Modsy recently deleted its Twitter and Facebook pages and made its Instagram account private. Why would it do that? Well, the reason is that Modsy quietly shut down in early July. Founder and CEO Shauna Tellerman said to TechCrunch in an email. Now, it's 2022. It's not 2021. There's less capital. There's higher standards. Many businesses are going to suffer. Some are going to close. This is the cycle of business life and there's no shame in it. But there is a little bit of shame in going out of business and leaving customers in the lurch, especially when you're talking about innovations and materials and all that sort of stuff. So let this be a lesson to everyone out there. If you're running out of cash, maybe admit it before the last dollar leaves your account and you're stuck trying to explain to everyone else why you can't finish the work you said you were going to do. Go out with class. Die with style. And that is our show for this fine Monday morning. Equity is not live this week and we are not live the next week after that, but we will have our regular shows coming out when they always do. And don't forget, you can follow Equity on Twitter where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. You can follow myself. I tweet under the handle Alex. We'll talk to you soon. And that means Wednesday morning and Friday morning. And I'll see you at Robotics on July 21st. Goodbye.